Please remain standing as you're able before uh, Pastor Linda brings us uh, the word from God and from Jeremiah this morning. Let's first recommit ourselves uh, to serving and loving God as we do what Jesus and his disciples would have done. We recite together a portion of the Shema. I'll do just a bit in Hebrew, invite you to follow me so we can uh, remember our uh, roots, and then we'll do the rest in English together. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You may be seated. Well, today is the first Sunday of Advent. And it is a time of expectation and excitement because we look forward to the birth of Jesus, our Savior, and the anticipation of his return. When I think of Advent, I am reminded of the experience of pregnancy, that time when we look forward with eager anticipation. It is a time when we prepare, we get things ready for the new arrival, a time when we do some house cleaning. We make room for the child. We are preparing for life change, a transitional time, whether we are an adult or a child. We are filled with hopes and dreams of what this new season will bring. Even our bodies behave differently as we engage this new season of life. It affects not only the external atmosphere, but it affects us internally as well. Expectation is the assurance that something is going to happen. We are so sure that something is going to happen that we childproof the house, we purchase all of the things that we will need, and we make the room ready. During this season of birth and preparation, we are filled with the expectation, joy, and hope that new life brings. Something wonderful is getting ready to happen. We are anxious, we giggle, we laugh, we anticipate, and we proclaim to anyone who will listen, get ready, the day is coming. Our text for today, the first Sunday of Advent, is Jeremiah 33:14 through 16. Will you stand with me as we read God's word? The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. And in those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteousness. Please be seated. In this passage, Jeremiah is speaking to the Jews, God's chosen people in Jerusalem. The armies of Nebuchadnezzar have come to besiege the city, and Jeremiah's declaration to the people was that the siege was a result of God's judgment. I have hidden my face from this city, God announced through the prophet, because of all their wickedness. Jerusalem and the temple have been destroyed, and Israel has been carried off into captivity, exile. They are living in a time of extreme despair 
and discouragement as they are under the oppressive rule of a king who is hungry for power and for his own glorification. This king has no thought as to the well-being of the people. He is a political machine and is consumed by advancing his own oppressive agenda. The people are at a place when they are longing for God's intervention. And just when things are at their worst, just when things are their darkest, Jeremiah steps in with a message of hope. The days are coming, he proclaims. Something is up. God is going to move. He will pierce the light. He will pierce the darkness with his light. Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. The Lord will raise up a righteous branch from the line of David. No longer will you be under the oppressive rule of a power-hungry king, for I, the Lord, will give you a righteous king, one that is interested in your well-being, a shepherd who will tenderly care for you, who will deliver you and set you free from your oppression. A Savior who will bring you into green pastures and out of the desolation of a war-torn and ravaged land. The people were crying out, and Jeremiah gives them hope. This passage speaks directly to the faithfulness of God in committing himself to a people in spite of their disobedience and in the middle of judgment on sin. Israel is in a pregnant pause, and they are feeling the pains of labor. There are many similarities to the time we live in and the time when Israel was in exile. In so many ways, we find ourselves in exile even today. War, struggling economy, oppressive debt, joblessness, abortion, crime, drugs, and on and on. But what is the message of the prophet when we find ourselves in exile? What skills can we hone while we are in this season of tribulation? What lessons might be learned that would draw us closer to our God in this time of trial and testing? What are the things that are oppressing us, and how might we begin to move towards the light and out of the darkness? The day is coming, declares the Lord. I will send you a Savior who will rescue and deliver you. I will bring you into a place of peace and establish rest for your soul. Look past the present and into the future. All is not lost. I am faithful, even when you are not faithful. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hands of the fowler, for I am your strength when you are weak. If my people will humble themselves and turn to me, I will come and heal their land. The skills that we learn during our time of trial are humility and dependency, not on ourselves, but on God's faithfulness and his ability to put things right. We find during our time of exile, as we cry out to God and repent, that he hears and he answers us. We find that during our time of exile that we have no control, and we learn how to let go and become as little children. We learn that God meets us in the darkness with a beacon of light and hope. And even in the turbulent times in which we are living, we are pregnant with promise because the word of the Lord is, a day is coming. So in this season of birth and renewal, 
What is the message for us today as children and carriers of the promised Messiah? As we look forward to the reign of our Savior, present and future, what is it that God is asking us to birth? What seed of life and hope do we carry? We are pregnant with the love and the redemptive power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the light in the darkness. We are salt and light, and we must be carriers of life when all the world sees is death and oppression. How do we live in such a way that God's purposes, his grace, is birthed again and again and again? Rather than a one-time event, how do we express God's reign here on earth in and through the life we live as an individual and as a faith community? Recently, Riverside, the community that was birthed out of this church, has been given the privilege of participating in God's kingdom here on earth. We adopted an orphanage in Africa, in a country that is war-torn and ravaged, where children are dying daily because of starvation, poverty, and disease. We were given the opportunity to humble ourselves and to rely on God and his power to touch a group of children in such a way that life and hope was released. We took a team to Iganga, Uganda in 2006, where we visited churches and schools, where our hearts were broken, as surely as God's heart must be broken, over the despair and hopelessness that is so prevalent among the people there. We discovered orphaned children living on the streets, eating out of trash piles in order to sustain whatever life they had left. We wept and we cried out, And we asked the Lord to show us what little part we might play in bringing healing to that place of devastation. And on that trip, the Lord spoke to one of the team members. The Lord put it on his heart to move to Iganga and to be a father to the fatherless. Phil picked up his things and moved his home from Huntsville, Texas, to Iganga, Uganda, where he now cares for 110 children and Riverside has adopted these children as their own. Over these last three years, we have participated with the Lord in the following ways. We have drilled a water well at New Grace School so that the children would have fresh and clean water. We've raised over $1,000 for immunizations through Alamo Heights High School. We've raised additional monies for medical care, including a much-needed surgery for a child who would have been crippled without it. We've raised thousands of dollars in order to buy land and build buildings to house Phil and the children. We've purchased mosquito nets, mattresses, beds, sheets, clothing, and shoes. We've purchased vehicles for the children and the missionaries. We've bought land and we've planted a garden to move the orphanage towards self-sustainability. And we've found sponsors for all of the children so that they will have food, clothing, medical care, and Bibles. And we have funded house parents to come alongside Phil in caring for the children. I have a video that we will watch in just a moment. And the reason I am bringing it is because I want you to understand that because of your faithfulness and your prayers in reaching out into the kingdom to birth a new community called Riverside, you too have participated in this effort to be a beacon of light and life in the darkness. 
My prayer is that as you watch these images, you will be encouraged that the seeds that you have planted have brought forth life and have taken root in advancing and establishing God's redemptive plan for all of creation. We, Alamo Heights United Methodist Church in Riverside, have been given the great privilege of being able to share and participate in God's kingdom here on earth. Arise, let the church arise. Stand up, be strong, be confident, be bold. Behold, a day is coming. He will not leave us as we are as orphans. He calls us sons and daughters of the Most High King. Let us look forward now in joyful hope and eager expectation as we await the coming of our Savior. And may our response to God's invitation to join him in his redemptive work here on earth be as Mary's response. May it be to us, Lord, as you say.